and welcome back to another episode of By the Fire podcast, where I, Ken, your host, take you through mythical tales and creatures from across the Black diaspora. Today, I'll be talking about fertility, and you might be wondering why, where did that come from? Well, that's because last week was my birthday, and I'm so grateful to God for another year on this earth, because this past six months have just been so, so insane. So the fact that I'm still here... And still able to celebrate with friends, obviously within the guidelines, before someone tries to drag me. And um, yeah, I just thought why not extend that gratefulness out to you guys and let you guys know how other people around the world view fertility. So I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Oshun is an Orisha of the Yoruba people of southwestern Nigeria and is typically associated with water, purity, fertility, love and sensuality. One myth highlights Oshun as the central figure in the creation of human beings. The Yoruba people believe that the Orishas were sent by Olodumare, who was considered the supreme god to populate the earth. Oshun, being one of the original 17 sent to earth, was the only female Orisha. The other Orishas, all male, failed at their attempt to revive and populate the earth. When they realised they were unable to complete the task given to them by Olodumare, they tried to persuade Oshun to help them. Oshun agreed and brought forth her sweet and powerful waters, bringing life back to earth and humanity and other species into existence. As that Yoruba myth suggests, humanity would not exist if Oshun, the goddess of life and fertility, had not acted. She is represented as a beautiful, charming and coquettish young woman. So coquettish is a really cool word for flirtatious. She is often depicted with long flowing dreadlocks. In the Yoruba and Cuban religious view, Oshun is associated with the colour yellow, with important metals, gold and copper, peacock feathers, mirrors and anything of charm, lightness, beauty and sweet taste. She may also manifest as a mermaid and wears five brass bracelets and may carry or wear a mirror at her belt, the mirror used to be able to stop and admire herself. Oshun is especially important to women in West African cultures. Those who want children and who may suffer from infertility usually call on her for assistance, and she is associated with the concept of femininity and the power of women. She is an Orisha of incredible generosity, and she can be slow to anger. However, when she is angered, she is actually the most dangerous of all Orishas and very difficult to appease. If you make a promise to her and can't keep it, expect her to take back whatever she has given. Her shrine at Oshombon, Nigeria is now designated as a UNESCO World Heritage Site. The town is under Oshun's protection. A complex of shrines was erected in the forest with a central one dedicated to Oshun. Pilgrims travel from around the world to visit, especially during the annual Oshun festival held in August, typically lasting nine days. Sacrifices and requests are made, particularly regarding fertility. It is also traditional for mothers to attend the festival accompanied by their nursing babies as a gesture of gratitude towards the deity. Women are welcome at the shrine throughout the year to immerse themselves for a fertility boost. So yeah, so she's celebrated quite a lot in the Americas, including popular culture today, such as Beyonce's depiction of her in her video for Hold Up, which is the second track in Lemonade. Beyonce is seen wearing a yellow dress and she has her baseball bat who she named Hot Sauce and essentially in the video she's just smashing up everything. 
because she's super angry but then she's not like angry like the way her face is it isn't really you know in a frown kind of anger she's grinning and she appears to be happy but really it's more like I suppose she's just more lost in her rage that she's just you know she's just like you know what I'm just going to destroy everything and I don't care I'm so angry so that's how Beyonce was able to accurately depict Oshun's rage like she is slow to anger but when she's there it's like she's there and it's so difficult to appease someone with a baseball bat smashing up buildings and cars. Allah is a female Illusi of the earth as well as morality, death and fertility in Odinani. Odinani comprises the traditional religious practices and cultural beliefs of the Igbo people of Nigeria. So an Illusi is also an, a deity. Her name literally translates to ground in the Igbo language, denoting her powers over the earth and her status as the ground itself. She is often depicted with a small child in her arms and her symbol is the crescent moon. She is present at the beginning of the cycle of life, making children grow in their mother's womb, and she is there at the end of the cycle, to receive souls of the dead into her own womb. Like other Ibo deities, she is ambivalent. She peels yams for her children who are the villagers with the same knife that she uses to protect them from evil. So you can't really escape her because she is literally the whole land. Therefore, every piece of land you step on is holy. And if you were to do a taboo to someone in your community, it would be insulting to her as an abomination was committed on her earth. She is still worshipped by the Igbo people of Nigeria and is annually paid homage to during the Yam Festival. In the past, such figures took the form of life-size mud sculptures in special festive shrines dedicated to the deity and known as Mbara. According to the Igbo tradition, she sends a sign such as a snake or a bee's nest to tell her priest where to build Mbara. Groups of men and women work together to assemble and decorate the structure. Construction can take years and is considered a sacred act. However, once built, the houses are left alone to decay. And for this reason, new houses must continually be produced, which ensures that the married tradition will be carried on by younger members of the group. They are large open-sided square plan shelters and contain many life-size painted figures. The houses are made as a gift to Allah, as a way to acknowledge her charitable and overarching presence. In art, she is often represented as a regal figure seated on the throne, surrounded by her family, which includes Amadioha, her husband, who is the god of thunder and lightning. And I believe I've mentioned him in a previous episode. No, I haven't. He's coming up in a later episode about oath-taking, because what happens is people will normally swear to him, and then if they're lying, he'll strike them down with lightning. You'll hear more about Madioha in a future episode, so just don't hold your breath, but he's coming. Asaseya is the earth goddess of fertility, and she comes from the Bono people and the Akan ethnic group of Ghana. She is the wife of Nyame, the sky deity, who created the universe. She gave birth to two children, Bia and Tano. She's also the mother of Anansi, the trickster, and the divine stepmother of the sacred high chiefs. Planet Earth is her symbol. 
The Akan regard the earth as a female spirit because of its fertility and its power to bring forth life, and they further personify it as a mother because human beings depend on it for their continued nurturance and sustenance. During an infant's outdooring, or naming ceremony, once the complete name is given, the child is placed on a mat to symbolise thanksgiving to Asaseya for sustaining its life and to the ancestors for their eternal protection and guidance. Asaseya must be placated, typically with libations, before earth is disturbed for any reason, whether planting, digging a grave or otherwise. It is a tradition to lift a coffin up and down three times before laying it to rest on earth, in order to give Asaseya due notice and time to prepare. It is thought that she accompanied enslaved devotees to the Western Hemisphere. She is also revered in Guyana and by the Maroons of Jamaica. Although she is very powerful, there are no shrines or temples dedicated to her. Instead, she is worshipped in the fields. So I hope you enjoyed that episode. I really found it cool, like, researching about these three deities. And, yes, I really hope you enjoyed it too. And if you did, be sure to rate and comment on Apple Podcasts and also follow it on Spotify. You can also listen on SoundCloud. Online, use the hashtag by the fire so that we can continue the conversation. And I look forward to you joining me for the next episode. I also really hope you enjoyed the previous episode with my first ever guest. And if you haven't heard it yet, go back and listen to it because I think... It's something that's quite insightful for anyone who loves fantasy, anyone who wants to be a fantasy writer. And yeah, I will definitely check it out if you haven't already. If you have a creature or folklore tale you'd like to hear or would like to be a guest on the show, feel free to send me an email at bythefire.mail at gmail.com. Before I forget, follow the podcast on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. It's bythefire underscore pod because on there I post weekly proverbs from different countries across the Black Diaspora and I posted two proverbs this week. One which is an Eswatini proverb and it is a landlocked country in Southern Africa and on September the 6th, 1968, they gained their independence from the UK. So here is a proverb from them. It says... A person who says it cannot be done should not interrupt the man doing it. That's right. Anyway, thank you for listening and I hope to catch you on the next episode. Bye!